episode 336 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast my name's orbital albert and on today's episode we're going to be talking about my top five first impressions of stern's newest machine led zeppelin it's time to let the lead out kids that's right now, I apologize to all the listeners for not having an episode out yesterday. It's the first time in two and a half years of doing the show that I have not got an episode out the same time. It's the same reason why I'm talking a little slower. I'm feeling a little tired, and I think that I have a sinus cold right now. So I apologize, but I wanted to get an episode out to you guys, and I am pretty excited to at least let my views out on this bad boy because... Uh, I've already heard from Marv Loco, uh, Canada, uh, Carrie Hardy. Um, and usually I'm out there before all of them, if not, you know, halfway between. So I like to be known as if anything in pinball, maybe not the best sound quality or editing. However, working on both of those, but I like to be, you know, known as one of the first guys out there with an opinion or a view. By the time I watched the videos yesterday and formulated a view, I had such a bad sinus cold that I was just tired and wanted to go to bed. But I woke up this morning feeling uh, mostly relieved, mostly relieved. And uh, don't worry, I don't I don't think it's the COVID. I haven't been anywhere and we still don't really have any in, our, in around our county. Uh, I still have my sense of smell, all those other things. Uh, I, you know, just I'm pretty sure it's a sinus cold. I usually get a sinus cold almost every single fall, especially when the temperatures are fluctuating like this. Uh, speaking of last night, the temperature here went down to minus 11.2. And you're thinking, come on, Orby, that's in Celsius. That's like, that's nothing, right? No, no. It felt with the wind chill, like it was a minus 11.2 Fahrenheit, which is minus 24 Celsius. So uh, doing the goats this morning was a very, very, very cold. And when I attempted to talk either <laughs> Hayden or Owen into maybe doing the goats in trade for one of their loads of dishes tonight, it did not go over well. And I ended up out there doing them. But that's okay. I was catching up on some pinball podcasts. Uh, speaking of, it was really nice to hear that uh, Loser Kid, the 50 episodes. Congratulations, uh, Josh and Scott. Congratulations, guys. 50 awesome episodes. I've listened to every one. Um, I would like to say, you know, I have to be careful and not say anything negative or rude about those guys, but I couldn't even think of anything bad to say about them other than maybe let us, <laughs> let some other people interview Keith Elwin once in a while. No, I'm just kidding. Go over there and listen to that episode. It was really cool. They played my clip from that. I will apologize to Elwin for that clip though. Luna Elwin, I gave a shout out from, uh, Luke and Leia the goats, and I forgot Luna Elwin. And right away, Drop Target Danielle called me out on it last night, and she was like, you didn't shout out the dog. 
I'm like, I forgot about the chickens. I'll, what about Cletus the queen? Cletus the queen of my beehive. I forgot about her also. But you know what? Sometimes you forget about things. And maybe that's part of the reason why I just shouldn't rank things moving forward anyways. But I will rank pinball companies and I will rank pinball machines. But I'm not. I'm going to stay clear of pinball media for some time. I'm giving myself a pinball media timeout for right now. Other than I, you know, if I'm congratulating another podcast for getting to 50 rad episodes, I think everyone can agree that's allowed, right? So, but here we are almost five minutes in. Another thing I want to do for the listener is try to go off topic slightly less. So let's get right into it. Led Zeppelin was released. We knew Friday, last Friday, it was going to be coming out, but yesterday, December 15th, they let the dogs out and we got to see the pictures. Now, I have been through every single solitary page other than the last hour or so while I've been researching and writing this episode. But I have been through every single page of Pinside. Uh, I've been through the, okay, not every single page of Pinside. That would have taken a lifetime and then some. But I've been through every single page of the Led Zeppelin updates from the Led Zeppelin hype page to the Stern's next pin. I have read them all. I have read them all. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to come in here and be like, oh, I haven't read. A lot of times I have not read Pinside when I actually do one of these videos. But I think in contrast moving forward, it's maybe not a bad idea to at least get some other people's opinions because they're wrong. People are wrong. People are wrong on Led Zeppelin. And they're wrong in many ways. <sighs> Sorry. One of the ways that they are wrong is the art. And that will be one of the five things that we are going to discuss. But that's not the first thing we're going to talk about. I want to start really here with the things that I think most people will agree with me. I'm going to start. This is not so much a top five in that it's the five thoughts probably from le the least hottest take to maybe the most lukewarm take because I don't I don't try not to do hot takes anymore and I don't think I have any hot takes to be honest on Led Zeppelin I have some lukewarm takes okay number one the geometry looks great Steve Ritchie it looks like a well designed it looks like a fun shooter it looks like it has lots and lots of flow looks like it maybe has as much flow as Niagara Falls okay and Oddly enough, this is a waterfall that is split half by Canada and half by the United States, and it's got a lot of flow. It's it's no Boyoma Falls, okay? Boyoma Falls, located in the Democratic Republic of Congo, happens to be the largest waterfall by flow rate, okay? So I don't know right now if this is a Star Trek. I think that Star Trek, remember I haven't played Led Zeppelin, Star Trek is Steve Ritchie's masterpiece, Okay. I am only one man with one view, and most people disagree with me. In fact, I'm maybe the only person that thinks that start that Steve Richards' masterpiece is Star Trek. A lot of other people will tell you that they're any number of his other games, but I very rarely hear them say that. But to me, and I've played every Steve Ritchie game, okay, I, I think, uh, including Black Knight, and I do like Black Knight, I'm not going to say I don't love Black Knight. I just think that this game could be even better than Black Knight. And I'll say that I'll say that first of all because it looks like there is a lot of flow in this. 
I love the three metal ramps and the three wire guide returns. I wish they were on all three models. Of course, the Pro is missing one of them. But I love that there's this banana ramp or whatever they called it, the Elowen used on the Avengers one that you can hit from all three ramps. Now, Elowen said something, and he is my hero, but he said something I disagree with. He said that the Avengers ramp that you can hit from all three flippers, or I don't, and I don't even know if it was him, could have been Raymond Davidson, it could have just been something on Stern. They said that it could be hit from all three flippers. And I thought that they said that it is the first ramp that can be hit from all three flippers. And that would not be true because the center ramp on, sorry, Elowen is freaking me out right now. I think she's like chasing a, a, a squirrel outside. I apologize. And I just squirrel, lost my attention there. But Steve Ritchie's masterpiece, Star Trek, the middle ramp, I have hit it, not on purpose, but I have hit it. And I don't think very many people can on like, purposefully hit it and get it to ricochet and rumble up there that often. So it's very hard from the upper right flipper to hit that middle ramp. But it can be done, and I have done it. And I have other people do it in live streams. So overall, I think that now there's this ramp being used again. I think people will love that. And I like that the upper flipper, the upper flipper has to have more than one shot. And the fact that this can hit the three drop-down targets, and there's drop-down targets, thank you, there is some stand-ups also. <clears throat> I do wish at least three of those other stand-ups were drop-downs, but I can understand why it would make sense for the three going upwards to not be. So because the angle of the other three, uh, you could hit from the bottom and knock all three down at once, which I kind of think is a cool feature, uh, like on um, Flight 2000, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every single solitary machine that Stern makes going forward can't all have the banana ramp that you can hit from all three flippers. They can't all have the wire guides back to the flippers. They can't all be metal ramps every single time. I think if you do that on all trim levels every single time and you don't make it more exclusive, it becomes kind of eventually less rad. It still looks great. I'm never going to say like, oh, plastic ramps look way better than a wire guide. No. Part of the reason why I loved Roller Coaster Tycoon so much, Pat Lawler's masterpiece, hot take number two of the day, uh, <laughs> other than the code, the code needs a Sauron. If Roller Coaster Tycoon got a Sauron update on the code, it would still not be better than Wonka. But it would cost way, it would be the, the actual poor man's Wonka using the same color scheme with many of the same flipper placements but even cooler wire guides that are colored different colors. Let's see that more often. I want to see wire guides that are colored different often or ones that are made more of brass or the wire guides like we saw in Guns N' Roses. Okay. Now, what I will say here, while I'm talking about how much I love the geometry, there is obviously, because we've just seen Guns N' Roses, you can tell you're missing immersion. You are missing immersion. So it's mostly good there but there's some bad. Now we will talk about the lights later because those are important. And let's move forward to number two. So number two is I wanna say congratulations to Stern and give them the good old college try on attempting to be, uh, you know, to change it up and have a little more pinovation, so to speak, in their name, if I can use the, the tacky word for it. But so we've got the hot rails, TM, uh, from JJP, of course, 
And then Penn Stadium kind of has like something sort of similar to that. Uh, and I know there's some differentiating factors. I'm sorry, Scott, at Penn Stadium. I know there's some differences, but basically, you know, they have lights that run up and down the side that you can coordinate with the music or the sound or, or the thing. And I believe that's how they work. They're akin to something like a Penn Stadium. And of course, now Stern has those. And I think they look cool. I just don't think they look as cool as Penn Stadiums or the Hot Rails from JJP. But they do look cool. And I want to applaud Stern and Steve Ritchie. And now, do I think maybe last minute they saw Guns N' Roses and went, whoa, we need something to compete with that that goes along with the music and yada, 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 possibly. Or were they already working on it side by side because they had heard JJP had something like that? Maybe. Or were they just independently working on it? Yes, possibly. I have no clue. I have, I'm just a, a pinball nerd. I don't know anyone at Stern. I don't talk to anyone at Stern hardly ever. Um, I definitely don't have any insider scoops and I never will. That's not why you listen to the show. Okay. But I can tell you this is that I'm sorry, Stern. They don't, they look cool. They look better than nothing. Like I'm glad they put them on there, but they're not overall They're They, they're not even close to the JJP hot rails. I'm sorry. It does look like they kind of interact with the song and the gameplay. And I appreciate that. And it's better than nothing. And I would like to see those, uh, especially on like, say, music pins or when it fits in the future. I don't want to see hot rails or anything like that on every single machine for the same reason I don't want wire guides and metal ramps on every single machine. I think that what makes it unique and fun is the fact that it's not on every trim level. And if you're someone who buys a lot of pros and you're going, no, Orby, I hate you. Now, what if the next pro doesn't have wire guides? I don't think, I don't think that I don't have that type of pull, first of all. And second of all, I think it fits on some machines. It makes sense to have wire guides for all of them. And Led Zeppelin is one of them. So I think they did right here. Okay. So I think, I don't know exactly whose choice that was, but that was a good choice. And I do think that a, a lot of people were saying that there's not enough songs. I think 10 songs is pretty freaking good. I think if there was only six songs, people would be really pissed. If there was eight songs. Okay. Now you've got some variety. Uh, I have not listened to Tim Sexton on Pinball Profile. I want to go listen to that next. But from what I can tell, it, it seems like there's close to an hour. Some people are saying 45 minutes. Other people are saying 55 minutes. I think there's more than enough music. And the good news for me, I will say this. The good news for me is of all the music pins out there, this is my favorite of all of them theme-wise and song-wise. It just is. I just turned 40 in July, so, you know, a, a lot of pinball nerds are older than me and a lot are younger. I'm kind of right in the middle, kind of that every guy's age, you know what I mean? Like, I can get along with the 40, 50, 60-year-old dudes, but I can also hang, maybe not with the 20-year-olds. They're like, no, Orby, you're lame, you're 40 now, but like the 25-year-old and above crowd. In fact, a lot of my good friends, I'm talking to you, Andy, or Drew, as he went by, of course, back there in London, Ontario, um, they were like... 25 to 29 and I did hang out with a younger crowd especially Friday nights or if I was going out to the bar scene the craft beer scene uh, I hung out with a, a big range age range people who were older as well and that's something I liked about uh, um, craft the craft beer scene and something I love about pinball as well is that we have people of all ages and I think especially with the art packages you've got something of, for people of every age range on here but we're going to get into the art oh yes we're going to get into the art so for me personally, I can't stand Aerosmith, never could, never will like it. Sorry, Aerosmith. 
I don't even think some of your guitar licks are horrible. I don't like Steven Tyler's voice. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, or, or whoever sings. I don't like that song. I don't, I don't like any other songs. I don't like Crying Crazy or Amazing. But I don't hate the pinball machine, Job Borg. I don't hate the pinball machine. I dislike it strongly, but I don't hate it. Um, next on that list would be Metallica. I like a couple Metallica songs. Iron Maiden, I actually like of all the metal bands. I actually like Iron Maiden quite a bit more. I think Mark of the Beast is is a cool song. And I don't love them. I don't love that. I don't love any metal bands. Um, growing up being a hardcore Pentecostal Christian, I did listen to some hardcore bands off a Christian uh, record label called Tooth and Nail. I think MXPX or Magnified Plaid is they're originally known as. Uh, they're a punk rock band, of course, but they are one of the more notable bands to move from Tooth and Nail. But I listen to like bands like Bloodshed and um, Starflyer and a couple of these other like kind of sort of metal-esque indie rock bands. But uh, I've gone off topic again. I've gone off topic again. Let's go back to this. Of all the music, for, for me personally, I still want to see a Foo Fighters. Come on, Dave Grohl. I want to see a Weezer. I would love to see a Nirvana, even though I don't think that could ever happen, of course, uh, because of Courtney Love being difficult to work with. Let's uh, let's be honest. Let's call a hole what it is. And let's call a hole a donut. And a donut hole, don't call a donut hole a donut hole. You call it a Timbit. I don't care if you live in America or Canada. It's a Timbit. Come on. Um, the one thing I really loved about the Loser Kids 50th show is they mentioned my favorite drink, my annual festive drink here. And yes, even the Loser Kids can drink it because I don't, I get the impression they're not big drinkers um, uh, as far as alcoholic beverages go, but they like a good Shirley Temple. And that was my favorite thing I ordered at Swiss Chalet here growing up in good old Canada, right? Is that, I think that's Canadian too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone let me know. Maybe you have Swiss Chalet in the States. I don't know. Um, Oh my God, I've gone off topic again, but they talked about the 60% chocolate milk, 40% eggnog combination. That is incredible and you must try it. And although the, the milk doesn't need to be soured, my buddy who worked on a dairy farm his whole life said that lots of times the 1% milk has the least fat and it starts to turn the quickest. And if they have skim milk that they, they want to use for skim milk, but it's like on the verge of, it hasn't turned yet, but it's about to what they will do is they will boil out the like any of the bad stuff and they'll use that for chocolate milk quite often. And I don't know if that's true. So yeah, you don't have to go sour your milk, but just get 1% chocolate milk if you can get it. Dairy milk is what I recommend for this one time. And I do recommend the dairy milk. Now you, if you're, if you're into almond, get freaking almond. Uh, you know, there's a lot. I've actually, I tried a couple of the, uh, uh, we used to do meatless Mondays, and now we even try to eat lower portions of meat like seven days a week. But we used to do meatless Mondays, so we actually a couple times bought almonds uh, or soy eggnog, and it was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Uh, you know, it still had the cinnamony flavor. You know, the eggs flavor is kind of missing. But um, And if you don't love eggnog, put that ratio down to like 80% chocolate milk, 20% eggnog. And if you need to amp it up, you know you got to add some rum to that. Probably wouldn't go dark rum. I'd probably just go like straight up light white rum for it. But what you could really do if you wanted to Christmas ties it is you could add mint Kahlua. Oh my God. With mint Kahlua would be incredible. We are 20 minutes through this. Oh my God. Okay. What, I was supposed to stay on topic more often. I'm getting too Christmassy. I'm really into Christmas guys. I'm sorry. All right. So number three on this list is 
or sorry, yes. The the next one on the list is that I want to give the good college try to Stern for doing the new lighting system. And I love the band. I think they picked a good theme and they've sold out of all the LEs because they picked a very, very good theme and a good license. So good on Stern for that. I do like them. what they're doing. They, there's a middle part that's a spitter and a bash toy kind of and a magnet. And it's also a subway or at least a ball lock with a magnet. I like that they're doing that. I don't know how well that'll be implemented. We need to wait for the next one on the list, which is the gameplay video. When we see the gameplay video, it's this Friday. It's going to be on Stern's Facebook, which I actually think is smart. There's 550,000 people on there. Some of them already haven't liked Dead Flip, so we could be seeing a whole new crowd of people on there, which is great. Fingers crossed, knocking on the wood, that Stern's video does not get taken down. We already saw that part of the video that went up onto Stern's Facebook was copyright infringement. And of course, Led Zeppelin's already approved of this game. They're already in on the licensing. So this scares me a little, but I do believe that when I was watching Jack Danger this week on the Dead Flip Twitch channel, he said that if uh, for some reason it doesn't work out there, he will be doing it. I'm not sure when. I don't think it would probably be that day, but maybe if it gets taken down immediately, maybe he would immediately have to switch to his Twitch channel. I don't know, but... I would like to think that that's what they would do, but I have no clue. But at the very least, he'll get the machine in his studio in the next few days after that and be up and streaming it, and you'll get to watch it there as well. So make sure that you follow Dead Flip on Twitch. Uh, okay, so when we see the gameplay video, we will know how much flow this has, but I think that because of that mechanism coming up in the middle, this could be Stern's first ever that I can think of, first ever Pro. The Pro could actually be Overall, um, like typically the, the, the Pro always has more flow, right? But I would say that depending on how that metal mechanism works, that could be wrong because the one shot from the upper flipper on the Pro go, looks like it goes to a dead end and then just comes back. And that, of course, would kill your flow as opposed to on the Premium and the LE, that same shot that you can only hit from the upper flipper that goes... Uh, horizontally across the play field, that shot goes up into a wire form and comes back to your flipper on the other one, creating even more flow. However, there's less flow on the premium and the LE because of that stand-up um, spinner. And I do think it's neat that they did put a spinner. I love ripping spinners. I'm glad to see spinners getting important again. So I do have to commend them for that. Let's see how the implementation is. But Tim Sexton on code, you've got to think they're going to implement that correctly. So I'm very, very very excited to see that. And of course, uh, that is the fourth thing about it. So will this, which one will have more flow? Either way, they're all going to have really good flow, I think, but it's, I don't, I hope they don't overuse that mech in the middle, whatever it is, the magic multi-ball or whatever. I hope they don't overdo that. I really, 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 really hope they don't overdo it. So it, I guess for the code in Tim, I trust. Now here is number five. The art, and this is the big one. This is the big question. Some people are going to like the art and some people are going to hate it. But this is what I've seen from looking through every page of the hype thread uh, for Led Zeppelin on Pinside is that a large percentage of people love the pro. A lot of people also seem to love the premium. A smaller set of people seem to actually really like, believe it or not, uh, the LE. 
So here's the difference, okay? The question is, well, let's start with the premium. The premium, I think, you're either going to love it or you hate it. If you paid for it already, you're probably going to say that you love it so you can sell it in the future and because you can justify spending that much money on it. But I really think it's a good thing they sold out of the, the LEs before people saw it because here's the question. When I typed into Google, is it matching or is it clashing? Okay. The, the dictionary uh, definition of clashing is of colors appealing discordant or ugly when placed close to each other. Some people would say that that yellow with the LE is clashing, but other people would say it's popping. And even more confusing is when you look it up, many fashions say that what used to be clashing is now popping. So colors that you wouldn't think of wearing together, say in 2010, in 2020, or even more so 2018, 2019, Fashion designers were mixing them together purposely. So I know like a lot of people wouldn't have stripes together with spots or they wouldn't have, um, you, you wouldn't wear plaid pants with a plaid shirt, right? Or you wouldn't wear horizontal with vertical or vertical with vertical, right? And and now it's, it's all changed. It's gone backwards. So I think that I love the artwork or I at least like the artwork. I don't like it as much as a zombie Yeti or a Franchi artwork, but I at least like the artwork on all three. Even though the middle one I like for being minimalistic, I don't think, you know, I don't, a lot of people were saying they didn't like that the, the side cabinet of the premium and the back glass were the same. However, I think it would look too weird to not be. It's so minimalistic, it needs to be the same everywhere. And it's just different enough on the other side of the cab. So anyways, I, I like the premium the most. And I think the pros in the middle, the pro is, some people would some people would see it and say it's a bit of an eyesore, but like drop target Danielle, who has she has a degree, she she has uh um she went to, to university for art and history, so she's an art and history major, right from the University of Western Ontario King's College, and she would tell you, and I, maybe I should ask her actually maybe I'll have her on the show and we'll debate this further about the artwork. And if you're someone who absolutely hates the artwork and you think I'm dead wrong, because I think all three art packages are very good. And I think they're what they need to be. And I think that there's a certain demographic that's going to love the pro, but I think a lot of people won't like the pro. The premium, I don't know why people don't like the premium. It's minimalistic. It's it's two-toned. My very favorite art package on the planet is two-toned. That's from Mr. Christopher Franchi. That is, of course, the black and white premium Munsters. My second favorite one is the Centaur black and white one. Now, this one has some orange in the lettering, but for the most part, it's monochromatic, and I think it's gorgeous, and I think it's beautiful, and it makes sense because that's the album cover of my favorite. I don't like, I don't even, I wouldn't even say that I like Led Zeppelin because there's like 10 other songs, which for me are earworms, which I don't like. They get in my head, and, I, and then I sing them too much, and I hate them, okay? Whole lot of love, man, a whole lot of love. But then there's a whole bunch of Led Zeppelin songs that I really like. And I love all of their guitar. I don't like all of their vocals. But again, Danielle's a bigger Led Zeppelin fan than me. I would like to have her on the show. And I think if you're someone, if you hate the, this artwork, it seems like a lot of people really hate the artwork. If you hate all three cabs, contact me here at the Pinball Nerds podcast. You can email me at pinballnerds at gmail.com. Or you can message me through Facebook and let me know. Um, Anyways, 
this was episode number one for me going out of my way to not rank or say anything negative or rude about other pinball media. It's something I don't want to do moving forward. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Yes, I was a little more reserved. I'm not feeling terrifically, you know, I'm not feeling great. But uh, also moving forward, I want more of my episodes to be a little more calm. You're not going to hear as many hot takes. But also, I am a little more calm. I want to be true to myself. When you hear me super duper hyped up on the show, sometimes I'm laying it on a little thick because that's what you're supposed to do when you're doing a podcast, right? But instead of maybe going out of my way to kind of look for a hot take or call someone out or try to be like an armchair warrior, I think I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be straight up. And hopefully you guys still like it. You still enjoy it. And believe me, I'll still get amped up sometimes. I can still get excited. I can still get excited. So let me know. Send me some communication. I don't want there to be a communication breakdown, which is the Led Zeppelin song we're going to be saying goodbye to today. And thanks for going through the entire show and getting to the end. You deserve a pat on the back, a head tap. You deserve an eggnog and chocolate milk. Hopefully you're having a good holiday season for all of you who celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, whatever you celebrate. And if you celebrate nothing, hopefully you're just enjoying some time with friends and family. Socially distance, of course, if COVID's bad in your area. And if not, doing it very safely when you can, where you can. Don't worry, vaccines are on their way soon, and I can't wait for it. Could there be a better Christmas present than finding out we're going to get to play live competition pinball and go to pinball shows again? I think not. Until next time, pinball nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe. Led Zeppelin! Let's let out the lead pinball! Remember when CDs used to have uh, secret tracks at the end? Well, this is sort of like that. Also, uh, due to my new format and me speaking a little slower, I wasn't able to, it had nothing to do with me going off track. It was just my new format. Uh, I wasn't able to finish my thought when I was talking about the yellow powder-coated LE trim model, and I explained that the difference between clashing and popping and how to some people what would be considered clashing to their eyes uh, and of course by the definition of clashing it's of course ugly when placed close to each other by that definition a lot of people will think that the yellow powder coat on the le is clashing with all of the other colors but other people will see it and go, wow, it really pops against it. It really makes it stand out. And it does make it stand out. But remember, art is subjective. However, color pairing is not. So they purposely wanted that to stand out and pop. And it does. And I think 
in a, in a in a an arcade or even a home arcade, you would see that powder coating and it would just pop. Even if you couldn't see the sides of the cabinet, the powder coating would really make it stand out next to the cabinet and the coin door and even the playfield. So I get why Stern did it. I don't agree with it. What I would what I think would also pop, even though it would pop not quite as much, but also I don't think it would clash at all and it would actually look better would be teal or turquoise. So when I asked my friend Google, what's the difference between teal and turquoise? He tells me turquoise is a shade of blue that lies on the scale between blue and green. So turquoise is far more blue. And uh, teal, um, teal is a medium to deep blue green color. So it's got a lot more green and it's a lot more lighter. So turquoise is actually closer to the blue that's used uh, down closer to the green and the yellow. And at the bottom part, if you're looking at the uh, Ellie, the bottom part of the back glass, you can see that it goes a lot deeper blue and that contrasts a lot more with that yellow. So I think if the powder coat were turquoise, so Carrie Hardy was kind enough to, I believe got his brother to mock up, um, using the different ones. And I thought some of the other ones looked okay, but I think what would look best for power coating on the LE, so you're welcome, LE owners. Uh, and I would like to see someone mock this up. Teal would look good, but turquoise would look great, like more of a light blue-green. I think that would pop, and it would stand out, but not too much. So there is a very, very, very fine line between clashing and like looking good together. Okay. And I'm, I'm not a fashionista. Uh, like I mentioned, drop target. Danielle did go to school for art. So I would like to have her on the show and she's going to explain the differences. She actually really likes the pro the pros, my least favorite. The, the premium is my least favorite with that powder coat, but overall I like the premium artwork. I do. I think it looks cool. Uh, I, neither of them, none of the three really are over the top, like hand-drawn, um, attention to detail. I get that. They're not Yetis. They're not Franchis. They're not supposed to be. I still think they look beautiful in their own way, but who knows? I even like the artwork on Jurassic Park still to this day. I don't think it's the best artwork on pinball. And I definitely, I think it's way better than Game of Thrones. And I even think it's better than Star Wars. Sorry. You heard it here first. Hot take number three came in the secret track of the day on the CD. Now, artwork is subjective, but people who have taken artwork in school and artists who have been doing art for a longer period of time will know better. So I'm very, very, very interested to hear Mr. Christopher Franchi's opinion and Zombie Eddie's and, and anyone else really who's, especially if they're into not only pinball podcasting, but they appreciate the artwork like I do. I'm excited to hear their opinions on the artwork. The artwork is probably going to be the thing that people pull back and forth the most on. Um, there is some decent innovation in the machine. It looks like a, a fast-flowing, awesome shooter. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to see it streamed. I can't wait to hear about the code. And I think that Stern had no, has another winner out there. However, at this point, I think that Avengers is a better machine. I think. I don't know. I haven't played either yet. And I don't know about Ninja Turtles. But I think that this could come up as their third best of the year. Which is, is saying something because I think it's still going to be a really cool machine. I could be wrong. I need to see it shot. I can't wait. Hopefully, you guys will be in chat this Friday. We'll talk soon. Until next time, pinball nerds, remember art.
is subjective. 